It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Louda, what do you got? All right, guys. So as you guys know, I love Starbucks. And you know, my addiction has not gone away. I was there today. Anyways, Starbucks is leaving Russia for good, following other companies like McDonald's who have done the same. But one thing that I have to give Starbucks props for is that they're about to pay those 2,000 employees or so that they have for six months. So they're not just going to be like, hey, we're pulling out and not paying you guys. And they're actually helping them look for jobs outside of their company. So I thought it was cool. It's like they're not just leaving them high and dry. Uh, huh. That is good, I guess. Uh, I mean, not uh, ideal anyway. Uh, I but know. I don't know. Go ahead. What do you got, Cappy? Well, here's the thing. I understand where you're coming from, Laura, and I and I haven't really thought too much about this until you put it the way you did. Because mm-hmm. all I all I heard was is that Starbucks is leaving Russia just the same way McDonald's has left Russia. And I mm-hmm. thought to myself, well, that's good. You know, an American-based company should should get out of there in so long as as Russia is behaving the way they are and what they've done to the world. Mm-hmm. And and the reason that American companies are leaving is because there's pressure like, hey, you know, you're you're helping support that economy over there and you're helping these people work. And really, I think ultimately what we want or what the world needs is for the Russian people themselves to stand up to this dictator, to this bully and say, we can't have you in office anymore because we're all struggling. We don't have jobs. We don't have money. So the pressure has to be on the people to take back their country. And while it's a very generous and humane thing that that Starbucks is doing, as you've reported it, I really wonder if it's the right thing to do. I feel uh, it is the right thing people. to do. Ka- OK, I don't want to get too deep into this because we don't need to get into, you know, you know geopolitics here. But um, the way applying pressure in that scenario financially uh, to the country um, and taking things away from them and their citizenry in that particular case is a way to apply pressure in a financial way that allows those people who are franchisees in Russia for Starbucks um, to then go up the ladder to the government and tell them, hey, we're the ones that are supporting the economy of the country by having these businesses and all our businesses are being tapped because of this war in Ukraine. That's how things get settled more more quickly than uh, the random citizens going and trying, you know, hitting the streets because that just leads to more bloodshed, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I just, again, it was the first time I've heard it reported that way. I mean, all I'd heard was Starbucks is leaving, and I thought, right on, they should leave. Um, taking care of the people, I don't know, it's a generous thing to do. Is it the right thing to do? I don't know, it's not the decision I have to make, thankfully. But, um Man, but uh, like, for example, if, you know, in 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 Russia, uh, there are people, oligarchs or whoever, that own these Starbucks and these McDonald's and whatever. And with the the big corporation saying, no, we're pulling out those people who have the money in Russia are being affected. Those are the people that have more uh, ability to sway the government than the people who are the citizens of the country. Yeah, perhaps perhaps that, that maybe I don't listen. 
you said let's not have a discussion about geopolitics. I don't even know what the geo in front of the politics means necessarily. But here's what I can say. <laughs> I'm proud of American companies that have decided to stop doing business there. And I, I feel like I can leave it right there. I, I just am proud of American companies that have that, – because their bottom line, if you're Starbucks, if you're McDonald's, your stock price is likely going to be impacted because all of a sudden you got so much less business because you shut down in Russia. So I'm proud of these American companies. Way to go, guys and girls. All right. That is what you need to know. Also, one more thing on what you need to know. Christopher mentioned this at the top of the show. Congratulations to Laura for graduating this weekend. Way to How go, was Laura. that? It was an ish show, but yes, thank you. Why? Why, Why was it an ish show? I don't yeah. even understand. Why? What happened? Why was well, it Well, I was show? sick. There's that, well, I know right? That. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, yeah. kind of like legit drugged at my graduation but um you know it would have been cool but like shout out to cal poly for doing everything really wrong having like four graduations in one day and it was a mess and (laughs) you know it was a lot it was a lot going on and they you know so you know what we did it hey listen who cares about the actual graduation itself what matters is is that it's taking you a long time and a lot of perseverance to actually get that thing done so you know what? Screw Cal Poly. Forget about the graduation ceremonies and all this other nonsense. You, girlfriend, you got it done. You got that diploma. Put it on your wall. Display it proudly. Thank you so much. But, yes, we are done. I told my parents, you get one. Even if I go for a master's or anything else, you get one graduation. You were there. It's a wrap. Nice. Right. Good for you, Laura. Congratulations. graduation, George? No. Me neither. Yeah. I didn't want to, but, I, you know, the parents wanted it. So I know. And after the fact, my mother was like, you couldn't even go to the graduation. Your father and I couldn't come up and watch our son graduate college. Our first, the first Kaplan to go to college, you couldn't walk. I'm like, yeah, ma, it never really occurred to me. Like, it just didn't interest me. Like, high school was one thing. College, graduation, did I need to walk, really? I don't know. It just that is what seem you, like a thing I had to do. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, speaking of your college, Pitt, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald went to Pitt. It's his birthday. He also didn't attend OTAs. Because he wants a new contract. Not that I – now, I don't think by any means, okay, that he is not going to receive the riches he deserves. Uh, So I don't know if this story has really got any real traction to it because I don't think – I certainly don't believe they're going to let him walk because of a contract dispute. Do you? I don't think so. I mean, we we were – I was talking about this a little bit last week while you were off the air, but when – you know, the the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL – is um, the brother, the, the younger brother, Watt, in Pittsburgh, yes. T.J. Watt. Yes. And he's making a lot more money than Aaron Donald. Okay. And, and if I'm Aaron Donald, all I care about is, hey, look, guys, I'm 30 years old today. Make me the highest paid guy. Right. That's it. Just make me the highest paid guy. Let me put it this way. If I'm Aaron Donald, I walk in and I sit down with Stan Kroenke. I'm bypassing everybody. I'm going directly to the owner. Mr. Kroenke, do you think I'm the best defensive player in the NFL? Why, yes, yes, I do. Okay. Um, Don't you think as the best player and the guy who just delivered the Super Bowl and made the most incredible play to wrap the Super Bowl, don't you think I'm worthy of of that? Yes. Then let's do a deal. Okay, we'll get it done. See, this is why I come right to the boss. This is why I come right to Mr. Kroenke. You got to go to the boss. Can't talk to middlemen. Yeah, let's get it done. I I don't think – now, I am curious to see because the NFC West – Kyler Murray, that I don't know if it's going to get done. Um, Debo Samuel, I have less of an inclination to believe that's going to get done in a, in a timely fashion. 
The NFC West is interesting with those three guys right now. Less so with Aaron Donald, because I don't actually believe that's going to happen. Well, what you're talking about now is a situation in San Francisco, a team that you look at as a real competitor, a quarterback in Arizona who's a young, up-and-coming star, yeah. and we're not even really talking about Seattle. This all Well, because they're drama, not good. Right, yeah. this is my point. All this drama in the NFC West, quarterback in Arizona, disruptive player, wide receiver, running back in San Francisco, this all bodes well for the future of the Rams because everybody else has something going on. Seattle doesn't have a quarterback. Arizona may not have a quarterback. And San Francisco has a guy that's so disgruntled that it could turn into a giant locker room disaster. So all these other teams, which are competitors right now, the Rams have everything kind of locked in other than this Aaron Donald situation, which I believe will get handled very easily. And everybody else has major drama to deal with. Yeah, and I think it'll get sorted out. I, I do think it'll get sorted out. Speaking of drama, how do we feel about Max Muncie right now? Because Max Muncie has been a fantastic player for the Dodgers over the last several years. But he's been really bad this year, okay? Um, and he had a ridiculously costly error for them on Sunday. And, look, he's not, he's not Cody Bellinger who when he – isn't hitting, he can make up for it in the outfield because Bellinger's still an incredible defensive player. That's not Max Muncie. Max Muncie's value is that he was a great hitter. Now, he's still walking at a really good rate. And in baseball, getting, as we've learned over the last 20 years, walk is an inherent skill that will keep you on rosters. But I still, at the end of the day, look at his hitting numbers and I don't know – I think we're getting to a, a, a tipping point where I don't know if that's enough just getting on base via walk at this point. So what's your suggestion? I, I don't know. I think you have to at the very least drop him in the order. Yeah. I mean, look, Max Muncy is a heart and soul player. Max Muncy has been part of what the Dodgers have built in the last five, six, seven, eight years. Max Muncy's a guy that they got, I mean, for like no money at all. Nothing. Rule five guy. So you can't even send him down to the minors. Right. So so Max Muncy has delivered. Um, he is, if he were a stock, he'd be very, very profitable. You, you'd look at him and you go, I over the a long penny term, stock. yes. Yeah. Yes. I bought a penny yeah. stock. And over the course of the last five, six years, it went from five cents to $500. Now, right. all of a sudden, that $500 stock has all of a sudden dropped back down to three fifty. Do I take my profit and get on with it, or do I give it a chance to get back up to 500 I know I've made a ridiculous sort of stock market analogy here, but here's my point. I'm not giving up on Max Muncy yet. It's early in the season. We're 42-ish, 43, 44 games in, and the Dodgers are in first place. So they've been able to win despite the fact that one of their better players has not performed up to his normal year. I might give him a couple days off. I might sit him down and say, dude, relax. Relax. Just take it easy. Take a few days off. Get your head straight. But I'm not giving up on Max Muncy yet. Okay. I'm not giving up on him either, but I think they have to figure it out. Either give him some days off, either uh, sit him down or bring him down in the lineup. Like There's got to be something because it's just not been good. And I will say this. Much like I felt this way last year with uh, with Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell 
strikeout rate is really low compared to previous seasons. He is like on the brink of disaster. It feels like almost every time he's out there, I know people who may not be watching closely will sit there and say, Oh, he's perfect. Save, uh, you know, in his save opportunities, nine for nine or whatever. But man, if you watch the games, it is a roller coaster ride with him in a way where that wasn't the case with him previously. And I felt that way about Kenley last year. Now it worked out, but I, I, I don't think you can do that dance with the devil that often with your closer and it continue to work out. You know, uh, George, as we're having this conversation, I'm watching the Dodgers right now. They've got a five, nothing lead over Washington in the bottom of the fourth inning. And I just noticed that Muncie had made a catch in foul territory and if I didn't know any better, and again, I'm just I'm, I'm seeing it out of the corner of my eye. Is he playing third base today? Um, I got to go look this up because, again, like I said, I saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, I think Muncie is playing over at third. So if that's the case, and I, again, let me have a second here to look it all up, but if that's the case, that's a good move. Like, like give him a chance to play a different position where maybe he feels a little more comfortable second base. I know he's been there, but he was a first baseman all year last year, and he's been the first baseman, but they got Freddie Freeman, so they got a better first baseman. Just find a way to make him feel comfortable is my point. What do you think happens? What's more likely to happen? Max Muncie bounces back. Aaron Donald resigns with a huge contract. Or Doc Rivers is the next coach of the Los Angeles Lakers and not the three candidates that have been reported. Rank those three in in order order of, of most likely. In order of most likely. Aaron Donald gets a new contract. Yeah, I'm with you there. Max Muncie makes a comeback. Yeah. And Doc Rivers becomes the coach of the Lakers. Yeah, because that one, there's too many variables with that one. Yeah. Um, that one is way, way out of control. Well, way Kevin Garnett, control. Kevin Garnett, who played for Doc Rivers, said, what was it that he said, Lindsay, about the Lakers coaching candidates? Uh, he said that with, with the list of the three candidates that you guys have been talking about, and then also with Doc Rivers, um, he said that the Lakers aren't serious about their future if that's the guys that they're going for. <laughs> Where'd he come from? Where'd Kevin well, Garnett show up to have a comment about the Lakers coaching I search? Think, well, I think he has I, a I, podcast or something. But yeah, and by the way, I, I also think he, you know, he loves Doc Rivers, and I think that he, he putting that out in the, you know, in the atmosphere, I think also puts in, you know, in his mind and in their mind, maybe puts pressure on the Lakers to be like, all right, just get the Doc thing done. Because Doc, if I had to guess, and again, I don't know, this is me recklessly speculating, I'm not reporting, I haven't talked to Doc. I just think that Doc and James, mm, they're not feeling it. Neither are feeling each other. Daryl knows that, Moray. Moray loves Harden. Doc would probably love to be back in LA. And I think that everyone is doing this weird dance right now with Doc. And I think that, a guy like Kevin Garnett is just trying to kind of nudge things in a certain direction. If I, I had to it. guess, I love everybody in our community telling us though, that doc rivers is like one of the all time great underachievers in the history of basketball coaches, because every stop along the way, he's had so much talent and he hasn't created the championships that people expected. Perhaps you're right. Maybe he is a great underachiever. Maybe that's true, but I'm asking everybody this question for this roster, for these guys, Doc Rivers or the other three names that you've heard. One's a former head coach that no one's ever heard of before. One's an assistant coach that hasn't had a chance to become an NBA head coach. And the other's just an assistant coach, too. They're they're unknown commodities. 
I'd well, Kenny Atkinson Doc was the head coach in, in Brooklyn before KD and those guys Pardon got me. there. Point is, yes. point is, is this. He's not an impressive name. Uh, all right. We got Radio Tinder coming up next. We're back in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, guys. So earlier today, I don't know if you saw this, but Cappy, your BFF, dropped a little bit of news. Canelo Alvarez announced that he's going to bypass an immediate rematch with the WBA light heavyweight champion Dimitri Bivol to face his arch rival Triple G in September. So Canelo what? said, yes, he said after his loss to Bivol that he wanted the rematch, but he's instead decided to go ahead with what I guess was a contractual obligation that he already had to fight Triple G. Canelo and Triple G, if you remember, they fought to a split draw in a title fight back in 27, but Canelo won the rematch by majority decision back in 2018. Do you guys want to see Canelo fight Triple G more than you want to see a rematch with Bivol? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Uh, I mean, you could make the case he didn't beat Triple G in one of the previous fights. Um, I guess you could, I mean, all right, fine. I'll swipe right. Uh, I'd still like to see him beat Bivol. I don't think he could beat Bivol. I think that that's like a real pro. I think that's part of the reasoning behind this. And I I think that it's a much tougher task for him than an older triple G. So I think it's just the easier route. Um, yeah, because if he loses to Bivol again, then like the triple G, then then the triple G fight has has less luster to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I'll swipe right only because it's a smart business move, but I, I don't love it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to swipe right also. 
I would much rather see Canelo fight this this guy he just lost to, Bivol, because I'd like to see what kind of strategy moves he makes to say, look, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's longer, but I'm the better fighter. And that's, by the way, if he is, I'm not sure that he is. But I'd like to see what he does the second time. Fighting Triple G is not necessarily exciting to me anymore. So and you're I actually think, swiping left, is what you're saying. Am I? Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll swipe left. Bottom line is this. Triple, thank you. Triple G's 40. Triple G's 40 years old. So the longer this thing goes, if and when they ever get back together, people are going to look at Canelo and they're going to go, oh, big deal. He beat up, you know, 40-something-year-old Triple G. I think he's got to hurry up and get this fight done. And I suspect when he does take care of Triple G, Triple G, then he goes after Bivol again. Be my guess. But the money is there. So if you're a business guy, you go make the money. And believe me, that's what Canelo is. All right, what's next, Linz? All right, so the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey is reviving its circus. Oh. And they've unveiled a plan to bring back a modernized greatest show on Earth. But this one will be without its iconic elephants and other animals. Instead, its producers are scouring the world for people with rare talents and skills who can captivate today's audiences. The new circus is going to hit the road for a U.S. tour in September of 2023. They said that the show's new goal is to celebrate amazing talent from around the world, displaying incredible feats that push the limits of human potential and create jaw-dropping moments. Do you guys think that this new Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus without animals is going to be a hit? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe left and say no. Not going to be a hit. Don't think it will be. Because I can go to like the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and go, wow, I don't even know if I believe that or not, but they're putting this out here and it's interesting <laughs> to me. I mean, listen, I could read the Guinness Book of World Records and find out the guy who has like the 25-inch fingernails. Or the guy that's got the longest nipple hair in the world. That is a true record in Guinness Book. True record. So I don't know if I need to go see a circus for a freak show. Now, if you told me there were people that were doing crazy, crazy things that I've never seen before in my life, maybe. But I don't think so. So I'm swiping left. Uh, I'm going to swipe right only because, I mean, people go see Cirque du Soleil all the time. You know what I mean? Like, and they have well, no animals. Cir- Cirque du Soleil, though, like, recently, like, went bankrupt. And, like, they're going through, like, a revival or trying to revive the company now because somebody else bought them. They went through, like, bankruptcy because people just stopped going to it. They're like, well, see it once you've seen it once, you've seen them all. So that's why I think uh, that this is, like, a different... If they're taking a similar approach to Cirque du Soleil, like, I feel like, you know, like, maybe there isn't a whole lot new right, about but I, that. But I think that Ringling Brothers still has, because of the uh, how long it's been around, I think there's an allure to it still, right? And I think that it will have a run of success initially. I'm not saying it's going to, you know, withstand the test of time, but I think their initial tour could have some success to it. You're saying because of the name Ringling Brothers and because the brand. of the brand, yeah. Right. Yeah. What's that what's that lady's name like during half times of basketball games? She does those like the red, cup, panda. red panda. Yeah, like now if you showed me like if you had 10 red pandas, you know, people oh, who yeah, do out, cr- outrageous stuff like the red panda, now you might get me. She's great. She's the best. Yeah. I would pay to see her for sure. What's All next? Right. Um, so since we haven't done big deal or no deal in a week, I'm going to do a big deal or no deal for you guys. So for the third time in the season's NBA playoffs, the Dallas Mavericks have been fined for the same offense, violating (laughs) league rules regarding team bench decorum. 
the fines have doubled from 25,000 to 50,000 and now the latest infraction is a 100k fine. The league released a statement that said, quote, on multiple occasions, several, several players and a member of the coaching staff stood for an extended period in the Mavericks team bench area, stood away from the team bench and were on or encroaching upon the playing court during the game. So is this whole situation here a big deal or no deal? Starting with you, Sedano, because I feel like you know what's up. I mean, it is a big deal in this regard. The players standing up makes it tough for the players on the court to be able to function, especially when you're trying to shoot corner threes. If a guy's foot is out a little too far and you trip up, you can get guys hurt there is, is my bigger issue. I know the fans are the ones complaining because they can't see. And I get the league's position on that, but it's kind of the deal. Like you, you know, they're going to stand up a lot, you know, it's not good. Now they should, they stand up the whole game. I don't know. I, I just feel like if you're a fan and you bought those seats, like you're kind of running the risk that they're going to stand a lot, you know, off the bench. Uh, but my understanding is that a prominent uh, person, uh, like, I don't know if the story's out there, so I don't want to say something that I'm, I'm out of pocket. Come on, say it, say it. But no, come on. I'm not you. I'm come not, because I have real ramifications. That this, say it. Yeah, no. So I've heard that like a very prominent Warriors fan, I'll just leave it at that was the person who was taking pictures of the Dallas Mavericks bench kind of crossing the line per se, quote unquote, uh, in this scenario, and then presented it to the league. Wow, really? Yes. Who was it? What, what prominent I'm not going to tell you, you jerky. Why? It so- sounds interesting. I, I Listen, before you said that, I was like, eh, this is kind of a non-story to me. I'm swiping left. I'm saying no deal. I don't think it's any big deal. Look, I'm not going to tell you. If you pay big money to sit that close to the floor – Part of the beauty of sitting that close to the floor is you're kind of in the mix. Yeah. You know, well, guess what? You're sitting right behind the bench. These guys are all tall. They stand up. Well, I'll tell up. you this. You can't I, see. I saw a lady yesterday trying to get Steph to take a picture with her. She was sitting right there near the scorer's table, mm-hmm. and Steph was, like, being very kind about it. He's like, no, I appreciate it, but, you know, I can't do that. It's the middle of a game, you know, even if we're in a timeout. And then the same lady, her friend was, like, tapping Draymond on the back, and Draymond kind of, like, turned around, like, what is going on here? Um, so people are crazy, man, like in general at these games. I don't the, like rich people out of control, yo. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Wait, the other thing is I saw that the referees had asked one of the assistant coaches, I think, to change his shirt before the game because he was wearing a white yes, shirt. Yes, and he should not have done right because Steph Curry threw uh, the ball at him in early in the game uh, or in the previous game thinking that he was one of the warriors yes yeah and he's the, and since like his proximity the, to the bench and everything right. like that's, that's no, but you shouldn't that be allowed to change your shirt i don't care that's not my problem yeah i mean so i i feel like that was kind of weird like okay you're an nba player guy wearing a long sleeves white shirt he's clearly not your teammate like move on but i feel like that's all part of this whole story and the whole well, thing here's what is I'm, very... I'm gonna tell you this right now next game i'm not yeah. even watching the game i'm gonna be watching the bench area and i'm gonna be trying to figure out who behind the mavericks bench is the prominent fan for Golden State that would have complained to the NBA. That's what I'm doing. Okay, well, you can do that. All right, are we done here? Mm-hmm. Looks that way. Laura, we got to go? All right, Cap, the Heat lead 2-1 to one against the Celtics. What's the motto going into game four? The motto is bleep Boston. Yeah. But, Market. but... I gotta but. say, if, if you ask me about this game, I think I would take Boston in this game. Yeah, they're seven point favorites, even with Marcus Smart not uh, playing in today's game. So we'll see. Coverage 
of Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Heat and Celtics is up next.